0: Good morning and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, this year-long project of reading through the entirety of the Bible uh, we've made our way well into the New Testament now we are in the book of first Corinthians and so uh, if it's a convenient time and you're able to do this uh, open your Bibles to the first chapter of the book of first Corinthians uh, we will continue to uh, uh, do three chapters a day uh, and um, uh, we'll we'll kind of set that pace i'll try to give you a kind of an overview of uh, the reading for the day and then we'll zero in on uh, something of interest uh, there uh, in uh, each one of these selections. Uh, I always find it very, very interesting and even helpful to me uh, as I seek to understand the Bible. Uh, if you have a, uh, a study Bible of any any type, a, a good one, uh, usually they'll provide uh, an introductory type of essay Uh, That will include uh, something about uh, the history uh, of the book uh, related to who wrote it and when they wrote it and why they wrote it, something maybe about the city, such as Corinth in this case, uh, to whom the, the letter is addressed, something about the church. And uh, so I always find those things fa- fascinating, and I would direct your attention uh, to them uh, just for uh, uh, reading and uh, information and to help you uh, flesh out uh, your, your understanding of the Word of God. And so uh, we know Paul to be the, the author of uh, this letter. He does identify himself uh, in the letter, and Paul was uh, the great writer of epistles for, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, evidently, uh, there was a previous letter, a prior letter to uh, the letter to 1 Corinthians. We have a second letter, 2 Corinthians, uh, that uh, we do not uh, have copies of. And uh, so uh, this is uh, just identified as the first letter to the Corinthians, when really, in fact, it was a second uh, letter to, to communicate with them. Uh, Paul had spent uh, uh, roughly eighteen months uh, ministering, preaching the gospel, establishing the church in Corinth, this uh, notoriously pagan city that was com- very commercialized, very affluent, uh, very very diverse, uh, located in uh, on the southern portion of the peninsula of uh, Greece. Uh, It was very much uh, a strategic location uh, located on a narrow strip of land that connected uh, uh, the mainland of the Greek Peninsula with the lower Portion of the peninsula. And so uh, Greece was, uh, I mean, uh, Corinth was located on this narrow strip. And uh, so it was enriched by the commercial traffic that uh, passed uh, overland uh, from uh, a, a gulf on the eastern side to a gulf uh, on the western side of this strip. Of land. Uh, It was uh, uh, notorious for its pagan worship and the immorality that uh, was associated with that. Uh, But it was here uh, that, uh, uh, after his first forays into the uh, or onto the European continent, uh, that the Apostle Paul spends this long period of time. And even in this environment which we would uh, assess as being entirely hostile and uh, beyond uh, the scope of the ministry of a church uh, Paul does plan and and God does establish uh, this uh, this church and for all of its many uh, warts and blemishes it seems as Paul treated them as those that had uh, truly believed uh, truly uh, repented truly been born again and writes to them as his brothers uh, in Christ And so with those things being said, we uh, look at chapter 1 and we see uh, kind of some normative introductory type comments before Paul in verse 10 moves to an issue of concern, namely uh, divisions, factions uh, factions within the church that disturbed him. And he offers a a corrective uh, there, uh, says a a very important word to us about the reality of the gospel that the world uh, uh, did. And they still do uh, look at uh, the message of a crucified and resurrected Son of God who has saved us from our sins through that work. Uh, they look at that as, as foolishness. And so, uh, but yet, Paul uh, uh, is insistent that it is through the, the work, the power, the, the witness of the Spirit of God that we rightly assess these things and we actually uh, come uh, to believe. And, and then uh, chapter 3 once again returns to this issue of uh, divisions as, as Paul in, in very much in an illustrative and figurative type way uh, uh, speaks of the necessity, the priority of the unity uh, of the church. So, with those things being said, let's let's go back to chapter two, and let's read verses one through five. And any time that I come across these verses, uh, I actually uh, mention uh, that uh, this was the text that I selected uh, for my what is typically called the, your trial sermon. Uh, that that I preached uh, on July 27th, uh, 2003, uh, when I came to uh, to I guess you say try out to, to uh, in view of a call as we say it sometimes at what was then Centercrest Baptist Church, and so it's a wonderful and powerful uh, text, and so it's worthy of our thoughts today. Verse one. And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you. Uh, but in the power of god so paul once again reflects a bit on the the, the kind of the manner of his arrival there in corinth that uh, Uh, Satan had uh, been alive and well and created all kinds of havoc as he went from uh, city to city to city, from uh, uh, Philippi uh, through Athens ultimately uh, to to Corinth. He had faced great opposition. He had been persecuted and uh, uh, so he arrives at at Corinth uh, probably not in the best state of mind and uh, yet he uh, comes to the resolution Uh, that no matter what uh, is going on with him, whether he is opposed or whether he is supported, that the gospel is true and this resolve is so clearly and simply stated and it should be the resolve certainly of every Christian preacher but even every Christian that the thing that we must know, the essential, the ultimate, is the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified, who He is, and what He has done, and how that applies uh, to uh, our lives in giving to us uh, salvation. And so that uh, verse, uh, verse two, certainly uh, is is a very much uh, kind of a, a, a kernel that uh, we tease out into every aspect of the gospel. But but the gospel is all about that which Jesus has done uh, for us. And so, uh, once again, he remembers that uh, he didn't arrive uh, with any type of... uh, ability or, or even an attempt to impress them by his wisdom or his ability to communicate his rhetorical uh, skills. And, and even uh, as he preached this message of the resurrection, uh, which we tend to kind of accept uh, by way of default, uh, that was controversial, both the Jew and uh, Gentile. And so he, but he didn't come with things that they would easily accept. He came to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified in salvation exclusively uh, through him. And so he, he came in this manner, and, and, and there's a real sense where he chose to minister in a way consistent with this manner so that they would not be impressed with Paul, that they would not be persuaded by any of his ethics or mannerism that if they were to uh, come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, that... Their faith would rest not on anything in Paul, but would rest in the truth of the gospel uh, through which the very power of God for salvation was applied to their lives. I think that's good, uh, good thinking for us uh, even today, and I commend it to you, and I pray that this has been a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.